Hi, everybody. This is your host, B from the B Network, bringing you another episode of My Melanin and Soul. This is episode 10, Mental Health in the Black Church. So on today's episode of My Melanin and Soul, we have a very, very special guest. Praise the Lord. It's Antoine. It's Antoine Vitalman. Yes, this is uh, mental health slash comedy slash Jesus oh, no. slash we love the Lord. Oh, no. <laughs> but we're going to empower you, too. So today on My Melanin Soul, we're going to talk about the black church and mental health. Yes. Um, And I thought Antoine would be a really great person to bring on the show because, y'all, guess what Antoine did this morning? Lord. Go tell him what you did, Antoine. Antoine brought forth the word. Now, here's the thing: Antoine is not perfect. Antoine, <laughs> you know, is not perfect at all. But I love the Lord, and um, we're gonna get through this topic and keep it. Moving. He did, y'all. He preached two sermons today. Yes, I not one. Two hitters. Two hitters. Two hitters. Two hitters. Yeah. What did you talk about? What did you teach about today, Antoine? I talked about mental health and being the strong friend. Did you? Wait a minute. Yes. Was I listening when you was talking to me earlier? Because you didn't say that. I definitely <laughs> did. See, here's, here's the thing. Brianna's not a, a, respons- <laughs> a responsive friend because she wasn't even listening to me. Y'all know. Please don't listen to that. Nope, tell, nope. Us, tell us what the sermon was about I today, was, Antoine. Yes, I was talking about Moses. In, in Exodus, Moses was doing a whole lot Uh he was responsible for telling people uh, what they should do as it relates to their lives and, uh, you know, how they should handle disputes. Thousands, like thousands of people would come to Moses on a regular basis just to hear from him. Uh, this was his job. God gave him the, the, the call to do so. He gave him the power to do so. But mind you, God also equipped Moses with a team of uh, elders and ministers capable to do the same work Moses uh, did. And so what I talked about was the warning signs that um, that we get, but we don't necessarily mm. um, adhere to because Moses' father saw all the work that he was doing or whatever. And he, he came over to Israel to question him why he was doing so much work when he had a whole team. And Moses was like, because I can and God gave me the power to do so. And the father was like, no, you should chill out and, um, you know, let some of your team do the work. And Moses you know, listen for a little while, but, you know, after a while, he went right back to the norm and he started, you know, handling the people or whatever. Here's the thing. Moses began to spaz out on Jesus because he was so overwhelmed um, with the amount of work that he was doing on a regular basis. And all that was avoidable if he would have just yeah. needed to his father's, um, his father's instructions and, you know, not trying to take on so much work and not trying to you know, be that strong person, and, um, yeah, so, it was great, it was a great message. Y'all give a clap to Antoine, because Antoine, you gonna clap for yourself? Oh, yes, thank you, <laughs> thank you, Lord. Oh, I also talked about being your number one advocate in prayer, you know, we like to pray mm-hmm. and fast for other people, but you should be your number one advocate in prayer, because what, what I realized is you are the only person who knows what you really need in prayer. 
And so you have to be your number one advocate in prayer. I'm telling you, if you can't pray for yourself, how are you going to pray for somebody else? It don't work like that. That's a double negative. You have to keep, you have to stay prayed up so you can go forth and you can go out there and, uh, you know, be that strong friend if you are capable of being that strong friend. That's the word, y'all. Y'all catch that because that was the word. It was great. It was great. Anton's out here dropping jams. I thank the Lord. I promise you, (laughs) this month was rough. I was fasting the entire month. You was getting ready to preach. I was getting ready. But, um, yes, God was glorified. Okay, so I want to talk about um, the black church and mental health because I feel like there, in some ways, is a double standard. There are some black churches that fully embrace mental health, and then there are some that are kind of saying, no, it ain't nothing wrong with you. It ain't, come on, come on and get you a little bit of Jesus. And I'm not sure um, if, if you paid attention, but about a week ago, there was this hashtag going around called Church Hurt. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's real. And so, um, church hurt. So there were a lot of posts of people talking about how they were hurt by the church. And it was a trending topic after a gospel, um, singer, Leandria Johnson, Leandria, Leandria Johnson mm-hmm. had posted to Facebook live talking about it. And so other people, you know, took the time to use that platform. Um, and one that I seen actually was phenomenal because she didn't only talk about her church hurt, but she talked about, yes, I was hurt by the church. However, I didn't let that ruin my relationship between me and God. Exactly. Once I refocused on exactly. what was really happening, exactly. I separated myself from that church, but I found a, a new place where, you know, I could grow in my relationship with the Lord. So what did, what did you kind of think, Anton, when you first, when that first church hurt thing came out? Well, I mean, we all have experienced church hurt. You have to understand that the church is not perfect. It's filled with imperfect people. So imperfect people, are, of course, are going to hurt each other uh, mistakenly, some um, on purpose as well. But you have to understand that that's not an excuse to, you know, leave the church and leave your relationship with God. Um, and you just have to seek more of God, seek another church as well. If you understand that you are getting church hurt, that may be a sign to find another yeah. place of worship. Um, it's unfortunate. I promise you, I've seen it happen uh, multiple times. You know, even if within my own family, uh, we have experienced church hurt and just how people, you think that people have a relationship with God, but their actions and their words just show differently. Um, but it's just about being uh, knowledgeable of the word and having the, uh, the grace to know when you are being hurt and having the power to move on and move to another location. And I think, and and that's something that really applies in a lot of different areas because, um, so like you said, you got to know that if this isn't fitting for me, it's time for me to leave. Yes. You can't Um, be ignorant. You can't be ignorant. Same thing for bad relationships. Right. Right. When this ain't working no more. You got to go. We can't make the shoe foot. I mean, the shoe fit because we grow. Yep. You're growing. And so I can't, take with me something that fit in the past into the future and I think that that also kind of applies to because you know I talk a lot to people now about have you tried therapy are you interested in therapy and some people have been tainted by their first experience Mm -hmm. but in actuality um, going to therapy is almost like finding a friend finding a relationship or finding a new church because I might got to try a few people out to see who who's really going to fit me and my needs before I really commit to you know, going to you every once a week, every two weeks, yeah. or what have you. It's a relationship, but mm-hmm. um, back to um, as it relates to church hurt, you have to be knowledgeable in what's really hurt 
and what's really um, correction. Because there is a difference between yeah. correction mm-hmm. and condemnation. You know, we are not to be, people are, should not be condemning people. There is a place for correction, but as relates to church hurt, everything is not, should not be hurting you. You know, if if someone is speaking into your life and they know what's what you're doing is wrong, that is correction. But if they condemn you and judging you, there's a difference. So yeah. just find that balance um, and try to move on from that. It, it will be hard. It definitely will be hard. But seek God and pray. So how do you think that sometimes people um, might say that they experience church hurt if they're struggling from a mental illness or they think that they might have a mental illness and are trying to come forward to to um, ask about it or get support for it. Um, you have to seek guidance from the leadership and the church. Here's the thing. Everyone wants to talk to the pastor. <laughs> the pastor is... I do want to talk to the no, pastor. No, here's the thing. The pastor is shepherd over the entire flock. That pastor may not have the time to devote to you individually at that moment, and you should you have to be okay with that. Imagine being a, a, a pastor of a mega church who has. That's why I'm going to no mega church. Well, you know, you pick a <laughs> church, but imagine that person being responsible for meeting with individuals on a weekly basis. It would drive him crazy. He would be modern day Moses. It would drive him crazy. So you have to seek help from you know either. Um, um, the ministers in the church, uh, you know, the other disciples in the church, find a connection within your church, build that relationship. It is about fellowship. Your pastor is not the only resource in that church. And so try to find somebody else within that church. Of course, you want to speak to your pastor, but I'm, I'm just letting you know that's not always realistic. <laughs> this man also has to prepare sermons. This man also has a family. He also has to speak into other people, marriage counseling, deaths, funerals. And you want him to speak to you about mental health? <laughs> You're out of your mind. Look here. Do y'all see how out of control Antoine I'm just, I'm is? I'm just letting you know if it was Don't me, let that hurt you. Don't let that hurt you. Okay. Don't let that one figure, you know, because we always look at the pastor. Don't look. Don't let that uh, one figure um, disassociate yourself from getting help. There are associated, awesome associate pastors. I'll, I'll take that. Can that. Help you. I'll, yeah. I'll accept that. Absolutely. I hope you do. In Jesus' name. I, I, I'll take that. So what I want to know is, um, so we do know that there are some churches out here that will say things. So um, did you see this Talk It Up Tuesdays post? No. And so um, Talk It Up Tuesdays, for those of you who don't know. So every Tuesday on the B Network's Instagram page, there will be a mental health topic or question that I want to kind of engage you all in dialogue with. And so this one, it was like the little quotation boxes in one See, I think I'm struggling with mental health. I mean, oh, I think I'm struggling I, I with depression. And in response, someone said, oh, baby, it's nothing to be depressed about. You just need to pray. Here's the thing. That person's ignorant. We in 2018. Do you know how much there is to be worried about and to be consumed with? Mm-hmm. Social media alone can drive you into an unhealthy state mentally. Uh, yeah. I mean, have you seen the comments under some people's posts? And I'm just like, first of all, number one, how do you have the time to devote to yeah. such foolery? when you can be using that time to devote to yourself and get mental uh, help. But I just could not imagine having someone tell me that, you know, depression is not real. Depression is not um, something that is in 2018. It is absolutely in 2018. We will absolutely be dealing with it and you should seek help. So for people who are highly religious, Mm -hmm. do you think that, um, that they should only kind of seek out those relationships and that guidance from the church or is it okay to, Love the Lord, have faith, but actually believe that the Lord has equipped his people 
you know, who are counselors, therapists, or whatever to, to assist you through your journey. Let me tell you, I'm so grateful that I have a pastor who believes in seeking professional help. Okay. Um, he teaches us all the time that, yes, you should get a good word, but you also need to lay on somebody else's couch as it relates to, you know, seeking that professional mm-hmm. help because every the word is only there for a segment of your life. You know, you only go to church, what, two, three times a week? You're not at church all the time. You have multiple problems outside of the church that you're dealing with that sometimes you don't even feel comfortable with telling the people that you worship with. Yeah. Because you have to understand, these are still people that uh, are human, and they make and judge. You can't tell everybody everything. That's what I, I do know. That. Even in the church. Even in the church. You yeah. can't tell. Because here's the thing. You're here over the pulpit. <laughs> you told you done told your pastor something in confidence, and then they start <laughs> preaching about it. And then here's the thing. We're going to have a misunderstanding. <laughs> All right? Because I told you that in confidence. And so my thing is to alleviate that. I should seek help okay. outside of the church. I totally am in agreement of finding someone who has professional a professional background in uh, counseling uh, to get help. So um, we did have one a comment from Talking Up Tuesday where the writer basically said that she agreed. This is I love God. You love God. It's like, no, it says, I love God, but it is necessary that people get practical, professional help to go along with their prayers and praise. Some of us may not be in the space where we need to seek professional help, but it is still necessary to be doing practical things to de-stress, clear our minds, deal with our thoughts and emotions, handle frustrations, etc. This topic alone has led me to contemplate going back to school once a year to become an LPC. Um, so basically, you know, that participant was agreeing. It's just kind of like church can't be the only thing. And so for people who are like highly involved in a church or really kind of rely on that religious background, there are counselors and therapists who do Christian-based Absolutely. counseling. Absolutely. Um, people have different theoretical perspectives. And so when you're looking up a therapist to go see, you know, by you already typing if you want male or female or typing in who takes Edna Blue Cross Blue Shield while you going through all these other criteria you also need to be looking at what is this therapist um, theoretical approach mm-hmm. because if you don't if you mastering at something that might not be fitting to me I might not need to waste my time absolutely because that's expensive yeah um, and people also and people are more are starting to um, do free consultation Okay. So if you kind of see a therapist out there that you might be interested in, um, therapists are now allowing you to do like a free 30-minute phone call where you can come in, where you can call in and kind of get a feel for who they are. Because, you know, sometimes I can't pick up everything that I need to know just based off of, um, you know, what I read about you on your website yeah. or on psychology today. Yeah. So, Anton, but what do you feel about those churches who really kind of, I mean, because it's not just sometimes the people in the church who make those comments like, you just need to pray about. But what do you kind of think about, like, what makes somebody even say that to somebody? What makes a church hold that view? They're ignorant. Honestly, you know, most churches are, like, still stuck in, you know, the 1900s where you can only wear, uh, like, females. I, I know a particular church now that females can only wear, or women can only wear, um, skirts in the pulpit they have to have something over their head um they can't wear any earrings when they sing 
Like it's 2018. These, these, these like modern day churches. These are modern day. I can I won't name the church, but I'm telling you, I know <laughs> the church that does this today. They actually have an evening service at this time, and the women are not allowed to wear earrings on the pulpit, and they have to wear. Well, they gonna kick me out. And something has to be over their head. Like over their head, like over what? Their, like uh, they call them dollies or prayer prayer uh, scarves. They it, like in order to minister effectively in that church, you have to have that. Those those are the criteria. That's ignorant. Because my thing is, number one, what if I can't afford these things? Am I still not a part of, you know, believing in God? No. God still accepts me as who I am. And I think sometimes churches get so caught up on the um, exterior that we're not necessarily concerned about the interior. And it's it's so unfortunate. It's so unfortunate. But it is ignorance. A lot of these churches are ignorant. You have to find... I'm, I'm so serious. I'm so serious. You would... You would be um, shocked with the stories that I have. You heard. do have to find the right church. It is a process. Yeah. I'm telling you, it's a process. Um, not all churches are going to be for you. There are very strict uh, religious um, people out there, but just find your right church. And a church is not ignorant, but so, it's, it, it's definitely ignorant. <laughs> so, in general, the church tends to handle mental illness in one of three ways. They're either going to ignore it, mm-hmm. they're going to treat it exclusively as a spiritual problem. Mm-hmm. Or they might refer people to professionals and then try to wash their hands completely of it. And so what do you think is the the problem with washing their hands of it? So if I basically say, if you come to me and you say, what you saying to me? I have a problem mentally. And so I can't handle that. Um, you might want to call your the, the 1-800 number on the back of your insurance card and see if they can connect you to somebody. See, so, the, no, <laughs> see here's the thing. Like the church has to take some type of accountability because so many people rely on it. Exactly, the church is, is the hallmark of the community. So if you want to be in that community, if you are going to be uh, reaping those community benefits, you should have some type of thing in place where you can inform me where to go and seek help professionally. Um, but the church is, has become lazy. The church, literally, mm-hmm. um, it's unfortunate. Um, but the church has become lazy as it relates to. Um, trying to find those resources to help people who are in need because there are a lot of broken people who have mental issues in the church who operate as normal, but in their mind, they're going crazy. Yeah. But because the church is not taking responsibility of it or at least being accountable, um, you know, the people just keep going. You know who um, actually has a good ministry for that? First Baptist of Highland Park. Mm. Um, I realized one day they were, one Sunday they had like, almost like tabling happening in the the lobby area where they were kind of trying to show people what are the different, um, what am I trying to say? Ministries that you can be a part of. And so they actually had a counseling one where there was a ministry that was members of the church, but they were all trained professionals who, you know, we're going to offer this to you for free. Like you're not going to have to go outside of the church. I mean, you know, we're trained that we might work outside of the church, but here's this ministry within the church where you can come to us. Like you said, you don't got to go to the pastor. Right. You hit up this, like the counseling ministry, you know, yeah. and we'll try to direct you. And I think that's a really good direction. Absolutely. So there are a lot of stigmas to um, mental health in the black community as is. Mm-hmm. Just as well as there are a lot of barriers to accessing treatment. As is, and so, what do you think some of those barriers and stigmas might be? Um, people just don't want to talk about it. Like in the, in our families and in our in our communities, we always, you know, 
say or we can witness that something's not right about that cousin or mm-hmm. something's not right about that aunt. But we never take the time to really figure out, you know, what's really wrong with our family uh, member. And it, it's it's heartbreaking, honestly, um, that we can be so um, consumed with ourselves that we're not even taking the time to worry about someone in our family because we don't even want that on our on our hands. Yeah. Um, and we just let, you know, so-and-so keep living. No, so-and-so needs help. Yeah. Because I, I promise y'all, I am one of those people who always says, we are all all of us, Mm -hmm. one crisis away from going crazy. Oh, today? What you talking? Because if the wrong person passes away... I'm out of here. I'm under the bed. I'm at Woodrow Wilson Bridge. I hope y'all got a key to my house because I'm going to be under my bed. Exactly. Like, I'm going to be depressed. No, really. It might take a couple weeks for y'all to clinically give me that diagnosis, but I'm going to be depressed. Don't even come to Um, my house. You know, even just the little things of, like, depending on if someone hurts you. Because even though we know that we shouldn't make people our everything, I mean, we're still human. And and we do put a lot of value in our relationships with other people. And if the the wrong person hurts you, you might go sad or you might. You might go a little crazy. Yes. Like, we are all, in my opinion, one step away from a mental, um, not necessarily a mental illness, but we're all one step away from a mental crisis. Yeah, or, or a breaking point. Yes. Yeah. And so, because of that, we need to basically know what our network is. Yeah, arm yourself with information mm-hmm. and knowledge because just in case something, you know, you was to lose someone in your family or you was... Um, to go through a tragic relationship, at least you're equipped to, okay, God, I know you're here. I know mm-hmm. I can seek your word. Okay, uh, professional counselor, I know I can go to you, get this off my chest. I know you can, um, mm-hmm. you know, aid me with information, but um, you just have to arm yourself with And be with a little knowledge. proactive. Yeah. Like, I don't want to necessarily wait until my life has hit rock bottom before I start trying to figure out who my network is. That is true. Because I feel like right now, all of us have a friend that if I was having the worst day of my life right now, I know I can call that friend. Right. Right? You should have that friend. You should have that friend. If you don't have that friend, find friends. Find good friends. Good friends. And even if you have that friend, be mindful of how much um, you're pouring into that friend in that capacity. Exactly. Because am I also sharing good things with you? Right. Or am I only coming to you to kind of dump off this negative energy? Because at some point, and I can honestly say that I've, I've been guilty of this before and I had to recognize it and check that relationship. But at some point, if someone is only pouring into you that negative energy because they think that you're going to listen to you, think you're going to give advice, they're going to get burned out. That's true. I spoke about that today. I was talking mm-hmm. about being the strong friend and how a lot of my friends come to me and they just like dump all their information on me and all their problems and to a point where I was getting depressed. Mind you, these yeah. weren't even my problems, but it was as you, if it's I heavy. was actually going yeah. through and I was literally praying and fasting for them and I'm just like, I'm using a lot of energy to devote, you know, to something that I'm not even be going through. And don't let them not get better. Right. And I'm like, so what are you doing? Do you ever have a good week? Like, literally, that is my question that I pose today because I'm just like, God, what what is happening? And so here's the thing. What I've come to the realization is Antoine's not mentally um, strong enough week to week to be able to handle certain mm-hmm. problems. And so when my friends are approaching me, I'm like, okay, hey, what's this topic about? Because <laughs> I may not be um, strong enough but that, to handle But that. you have to protect your own mental health. Exactly. I mean, that is very true exactly. because 
So in my instance, um, I used to work at an outpatient clinic, and I was doing therapy from 9 a.m., y'all, and I took my last appointment at 5 p.m. with an hour lunch break. God bless you. So if I'm listening to other people tell me their stories all day long, nope. and then you want to bring me something, and you you being real foolish, and we done talked about this about 16 times, and you still ain't left that man, I, I can't listen to that. Because we all have... Um, Almost like a daily mental capacity. Mm -hmm. We can only take so so much much per day, no matter how much we try. And so you have to be very cognizant of how you're using that energy. Mm -hmm. But that also goes to show how important it is to have a network. Yes, you have to. You can't just have that one person. Yep. It's great to have that one person. Find you that good friend, but also learn how to build a network. And your network could be the word. It could be the spiritual counselor. It could be the therapist. And a lot of um, jobs offer EAP plans. So if your job offers an EAP plan, you can actually go see a counselor. Employee assistance program. Yeah, you can actually go see a counselor. Uh, I think I want to say it's about four to six times for free. Oh, that's dope. You know, you, you don't always have to walk away with a mental health diagnosis. And I think that's one thing that scares a lot of people. Mm. And I think sometimes that can even scare the church. Mm. Because sometimes they might feel like, that's not my lane. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to start giving out medical or mental health advice. Right. When that's not my name. But like you said, there's a certain responsibility that the church has yeah. because the community relies on you. Yep. Yep. Like if I go to you first, if you tell me to go see a counselor and you tell me that, you know, I can have faith but I can also get some practical experience, I might but be- I will believe that coming from the church or my religious leaders before I believe that coming from my primary care physician yep. who I see once a year. Mm-hmm. So do you have any final, you know, thoughts to kind of share about mental health in the in the black church, especially? Um, no, I just don't want um, people to, you know, blame the church for everything. Yeah. Um, there should be some type of shared responsibility as mm-hmm. it relates to seeking uh, professional help and also seeking a word. You know, you have to be accountable to someone, and you should be accountable to yourself first. Um, they go to so, that gym again, y'all. Oh, oh my Lord. No, no, no. These are just things that I, I, I find helpful in my life that I'm still, I still have to tell myself on a regular basis. Like, Antoine, you can only hold someone else accountable about your life, but for so much. Mm-hmm. But what are you holding yourself accountable to? You know, but. That's that church hurt coming back around. Right, right. The church might hurt you, but, but what, what did you, you Exactly. What role did you play in that church hurt? And that's not victim blaming. Right. So it's not saying that the church didn't do anything wrong, but right. it's just kind of like, what can you do moving forward? Exactly. exactly. So I just kind of want to give everybody the takeaway. Uh, so right now, I have put together a free guide called Why I Decided to Go to Therapy. And so in this free PDF, um, I basically give you an overview of what therapy is, how do you go about looking for a good therapist, what are some questions, reflection questions to ask yourself um, before going into your first session, after your first session, and we also, I share my personal story about what my experience was like going to therapy for the first time as a therapist, um, and why I'm excited to go back. And then, most importantly, and my favorite part um, about the ebook is there are multiple people who are willing to share their first experience stories of going to therapy. And I was very strategic about putting this together because all the stories do not say that therapy was great. 
It doesn't. A lot of people talked about how they had to go multiple times to figure it out. Um, so what you can do is if you go to the homepage of the website, you'll see a link to download the ebook. Or if you go to the B Network Instagram page and click the link tree, you'll also see a link to download the free ebook. So go ahead and get you a copy of that. And Antoine, I really appreciate you taking the time out today. Absolutely. Praise the it. Lord. Thank the Lord. I uh, hope you enjoyed it. Hit us up on my social media at the Antoine Shameless Blog. No. First of all, y'all, he spells his name a little different. So you might want right. to tell him how T-H-E-E-A-N-T-O-I-N-N-E. Hit me up today. The Antoine. The Antoine. Is that Instagram, Twitter? That's Instagram and Twitter. Uh, and um, you can find me on Facebook, Antoine Bidelman. So until next time, live well, be well. Thank you for listening to episode 10 of Mind, Melanin, and Soul.